Let's just uh, read from Luke chapter 24 very quickly. If I could have you turn there. Um, of course, we all know uh, the lead up to this. Jesus was born to die th that we may live. Jesus was born as the only perfect sacrifice for me, Dave Chapel. I am absolutely in awful shape if I don't have Jesus. I'm going to tell you what, right now, the grumpy thoughts I've had this morning, I'm in awful shape if I don't have Jesus. Amen? If I don't have His love and His grace and His mercy, how many have lived under some kind of condemning yourself in the last 24 hours and said, you, you know, you're nothing but messing up, you never get it right, now i got to show up at church and smile, or i got to do it because somebody told me I had to come. I don't even feel like church today. I don't even look like church. I don't even want to, I don't even smell like church. And you know what? I don't care because Jesus loves me. <laughs> this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones, including Dave Chapel, who's not so little. We all to him belong. We all are weak, but praise God, he's strong. Luke 24, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women, I love that, <laughs> the women, I wonder where the men were at this point, the women <laughs> took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Who were the women trying to come find? And they were trying to find Jesus and to actually anoint his what? Because at that moment in their minds, Jesus was dead. Okay? Jesus was dead. While they were wondering about this, Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, and don't miss this, because this is the crux of where we're going for the next 20 minutes. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you? While he was suffered, and on the third day, be raised again. And then they remembered his words. Let's step back to Luke 24, verse 5, very quickly. It says, why do you look for the living? Does anybody see that in your scripture? Okay. The actual, the, the Aramaic, which this particular little uh, blurb was written in, Aramaic, actually means the life, capital L. The life. So they're saying, why are you looking for the life? Not just any life, but the life. Capital L. The life. Why are you looking for the life amongst the dead? Now, I want you to just hang in here with me just for a second. We think about uh, all the different phrases about life that we, we, we encounter. Going to a place and having the time of your life. You get what I'm saying? Going out and experience life. Uh, find out what life is all about. I'm going to go make something of my... Okay? All those are lowercase l. There's only one uppercase l. 
There's only one place we find this uppercase L, the life. And it's in this particular Aramaic word speaking specifically of the one who represented the life. Why is it the atheist that you come here to look for the life among or amongst the what? The dead. Now, for most of us, we say, well, that's all they knew at that point. That's right, except for one thing. How many times had Jesus said, I must die, but on the third day, I will So, had they heard that? Yes. Did they receive that? Maybe with a pat on Jesus' back. Oh, that's nice, Jesus. But I'm afraid at that moment there was a bit of unbelief. What? You mean he was serious? Come on, has anybody ever come to a point in time with Jesus where you're like, what? You mean he was serious when he said that? Really? Oh, come on, yeah. <laughs> See, here's our problem. All of us. How many all of us are here? All of us. All of us, at some point or another, have looked for or are right now in the present looking for the life amongst the dead. And many of those are people that have the name Christian written across their forehead and have a nice member, that's all. No, what I'm saying is many of us have sat under hearing it over and over and over again, just like these women. And they were at least there. Where were the men? Hiding in fear. Pastor Jim doesn't like that. Hiding in fear. They had been told by him himself verbally, I will die and in three days I will rise again. So instead of watching, knowing as he's been put in that tomb, instead of starting to do what? One, two, okay, here it comes. No, what'd they do? Half of them hid and the other one got ready to make sure that his body was properly buried. How many... People, I'm not going to talk to people who don't know Jesus. I'm just going to talk to those right now for just a moment that do know Jesus. How many are still sitting around not really certain that what Jesus has said, promises he's made, things he's declared, he really meant? Now, let's take this to everybody, include unbelievers. Everyone are not still in the same boat. There's a lot of believers out there look are not really walking and experiencing the life because they continue to look amongst the dead. You say, well, what are you talking about? Let me share with you just some real quick verses. Proverbs, verse 14, 12. Listen to this real quick. This is from the Passion Translation. I love how I put it. You can rationalize it all you want. Oh, get that mama finger out. You can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen. But you're going to find out that in the end, that road's going to lead to death. It will lead to death. You can make it all you want to try to make it. It's still going to lead to death. And see, the thing about it is, 
God spoke this because he loved us. Not because he's out to get us. He spoke that because he loved us. Revelation 1.18 has Jesus saying, look, I'm the living one. I died. <laughs> but look, one, two, three, I'm alive forevermore. Amen? I'm alive forevermore. And here, not just that, he says, I hold the keys of death. In the grave, I hold the keys of death. Why are you looking for the life amongst the dead when I death has nothing? Romans 6, 9 says, we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. And I like this, you ready? He will never die again. What does that mean? Death has no what? Well, no hold. Death, there's nothing for Jesus in death. And so guess what? For us, there's nothing in death. There's nothing that this, and where does death come from? The world. There's nothing in this world that could offer anything to us that's not going to lead to death. Death no longer has any power over him. Aren't you glad? Oh, man. And so 1 Corinthians 15 says this, death. Everybody say death. Death is swallowed up in victory. In other words, Jesus ate it for lunch. Oh, come on. Everybody sitting here today should be just dancing on your tippy toes. But I'll tell you why we struggle to. is because we're still involved with death. We're still trying to find life amongst the dead. See, we're still trying to find life amongst those things that make us what? Feel good. We're, trying, we're, we're still trying to find life to, to, to some ourselves some kind of um, some kind of worth. I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm not going to ask anybody to raise hands or shout it out because half of you wouldn't admit it anyways, and that's okay. For those of you who struggle at times with depression, what do you run to first? Thank you, George. <laughs> what do you run to first? You say, oh, I don't struggle with depression. Okay, those of you who feel really down and, get, and feel like you're, you're worthless or, 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 or just feel like you really screwed up really bad or you feel like somebody's rejected you or whatever, what's the first thing you do? And as silly as it is, guess what we're trying to do? We're running to those things to find life to pull us out. And the angels are like, look, what are you trying to find life amongst the dead for? Well, you don't know who I am or what I got to do or what my whole, what my whole story is or what I've got to live. Or, and, and you know what? I tell you what. Let's take every label off every person here right now. I don't care who you are, what you are, what label society lays on you, anything like that. I'll just take them all off right now, okay? Let's just get them all off there, get all those labels off there, and I'm just going to say one thing. God created you for something more than your label. Who just heard that? God created you for something far more than your little label that you live under. Real quick. Because if that's all I live, then guess what? I've missed out on what God's got for me. First John 5, 4 says this. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. 
See, here's the thing. The world is a toughie because they offer all sorts of enticing things. And that's why the angels had to remind these ladies, even though they had heard Scripture, just like who here has heard Scripture before? Who here has heard the Word of God before? But see, those angels, they had to remind those ladies again. Why are you looking for, the, for life amongst the dead? I know you've heard it before, so I'm just going to remind you because why? We're annoyed at you? Were they annoyed at the ladies? Heavens, no. They loved them. The Lord loves us. He's not interested in what we say we are or who the world says we are. What he's interested in is us finally getting hold of who he says we are. Why are we not finding life by running to life? Wouldn't that make sense? Wouldn't it make sense to find life by running to life instead of death? And you say, what is death? Death is this. Anything that will only far, but when you die, it's going to get you no more. So, relationships. Oh, relationships. Clinging on to people or controlling people, <laughs> whatever your flavor of the day is. But just trying to get something not in the way that you've been created for. Love, joy, peace, receiving those things, trying to find them, but not finding them. Still one of the number one things people are looking for is peace. How many would like just a day of peace? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, number one, turn off the news. Number two, get off Google. Especially those of you who have a, a pain in your elbow or something, don't Google. I know. You know, one time, the other, no, this, is not, it, this was a long time ago because I'm so victorious over this now. But I remember preaching about that, and then I had something happen months down the road, and there was something going on, and it was a crazy thing. It was like tractor beam on Star Trek. Google was calling me. <laughs> Google your symptoms. And then you Google, and I finally gave in. I'm just telling you, I gave in, and then there was about 300 different deadly diseases I had. Amongst the dead. Why? Anybody done it? Come on. Who's Googled and, and suddenly you're sicker after you Google than before you Google? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, man. When I, when I, about five years ago, when I, when I, when I started battling this, uh, just dealing with this and the stuff that the words bring me through with the, the anxiety symptom stuff. I remember sitting there typing in every symptom I had, and I know Google was going, oh, my word, this is one of them guys. Oh. They didn't know what to tell me. It was like. And at that point, I'm like, oh, man. Oh, I haven't even made up my will. I haven't. I certainly was not looking for life among the dead. Or I was, and not among life, but I was looking for life amongst the dead. See, for everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. See, guys, death is trying to run to every addiction we got. I don't care if it's food. I don't care if it's a socially acceptable addiction, I don't, like, like overeating. And I'm just being honest, that's the one, that's one that I really battle. Or if it's one that has been criminalized and we still being whether hide it and well you know what 
it's all the same thing whether society criminalizes it or not. You know, it's all the same thing. We're just trying to escape, but the problem is we're looking for life among the dead rather than looking for the life with the living. Who's hearing me right now? So let's look at just for a moment. We see the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting that many, when we think of Easter, what do we think of first? Really, be honest with you, what comes to mind first, the cross or the empty tomb? The cross oftentimes comes first, and that's fine. Man, death was beaten at the cross. Our sin was paid for at the cross, amen? Can I hear it to God be the glory on that one? Come on. But here's the thing. The deal was sealed, and life eternal was made ready for us by the resurrection. See, life is found in an empty tomb. Is everybody with me? So when we look at that, you know what it does? It completely changes our focus. It changes When we look at the resurrection, it changes our focus from the death of Jesus and all his suffering to what? Oh, we're great as a church. We get focused on all that Jesus went through, and it was horrible. But sometimes we... And all that is yours because of what he's done. So it, re, it refocuses from death to life. It refocuses us from the cross to the resurrection, from a cross to an empty tomb. It refocuses us, here's a big one, it refocuses us from sitting on feelings and start believing truth. How many let their feelings get themselves in trouble? Uh, let me just ask you one more time because I think people miss when I said feelings. They all zoned out on me. How many let feelings get you in trouble? You feel something, then you do it. Rather than, okay, I feel this way, it happened, but then I'm going to go to the truth. I, one of the biggest truths. I, my entire life, I've battled feeling like a failure. I fear failure so much, it's not even funny. Fear rejection so much, it's not even funny. That's actually what's probably fed most of the stuff that, I, that, that, that the Lord's bringing me through now. I have feared it most of my life. But do you know that my fear of all those things come out of how I feel rather than knowing the truth of what God says about me? Nowhere in the Word has He ever once called me a failure. Nowhere in the Word has He ever said He was going to reject me. Nowhere in the Word does He say those things. Resurrection. Our risen Savior says the very opposite of that. But see, when I change the resurrection and the he who is raised from the dead on my behalf, guess what? It changes my focus from feelings to truth. This isn't about what culture says about me, society says about me. This is about what Jesus says about me, and let's go from there. You follow what I'm saying? Let's just get settled on what Jesus says about us, and then we'll move from there. People are still trying to change who they are in order to get to Jesus. Jesus says, let me get there, and I'll work with you from there. Amen. Hello? Yes, it redirects us from current events. Oh, Lord, have mercy, current events. <laughs> Woo! I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And not Fox News, CNN, or MSNBC. The White House, the Congress. I'm just glad I'm a part of the body of Jesus. 
Because you know what? I am part of this world, and I am very much a part of having to walk and pray for my leaders. But I cannot allow what's going on around me to dictate what's going on in here. Come on now. I can't. If I do, <laughs> I used to get what was called the Fox News Depression. It's not CNN shorter, too. I don't... <laughs> Some of you have your opinions on it. All I can say is I'm reading it, and I'm like, I'm like, why after three reports do I feel so, ugh? I need to open my Bible more than I look at the news. I'm so tired of being told how I should view people. I'm so tired of being told how I should feel about others and treat others and think others. There's only one place that tells me all that, and it's right here. And quite honestly, all through the Scripture, it says the issue isn't who they are. The issue is whose they are. So you better start praying for them and encouraging them and believing God to do mighty work in every person around you because he came to set the captives free, not to bind them up with a bunch of judgment, but to set people free in the name of Jesus. So I don't want to be focused on current events as much as I want to be focused on what God is doing right now. Just a couple more. God brings us to a focus where we get our eyes off the law and onto the gospel. You say, what's the law? Law is religion. Law is religion that says you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do your checklist in order to get it right with God. Whereas the gospel says you can get right with God if you just checklist isn't going to work and that you need him. Checklist? Hello? Anybody get tired of your checklists? Uh, read my Bible, read my, I prayed, and, not, not, and you probably didn't get much out of any of it. It was just enough to check it off. Do you know the moment, moment we throw out the checklist, Bible study is going to be a joy. Prayer is going to be wonderful. Anybody prayed and you weren't, weren't looking at the clock? You just prayed as the Lord led you to pray. Talk to you, you talk to him. When we get our eyes on the resurrection, it changes our grief to joy. It changes us from being what we aren't to whose we are. I don't serve a dead Savior. I serve a risen Savior who is standing at the right hand of the Father on my behalf. You can point to yourself. On my behalf, saying, you know what? I have been in those same kind of shoes. Yes, I made a firm stance to not fall into the sin of what I could have done. But I'm, I'm casting grace upon this situation. And I'm wanting the Holy Spirit, our Holy Spirit, to transform that individual into what I've created them to be. And he's wanting to push it. Factory reset. As you were created to be, so he desires you to be. And the problem is, none of us know what that looks like. That's why he's got to do it. Amen? Just like Sheree didn't know she was a Bible school director, and the Lord is doing. So what's Jesus do then as it redirects all that? Well, how many are glad that he brings us forgiveness and grace? The word says grace was given to each one. To who? Raise your hand if grace has been given to you by Jesus. Yes, Salvation and faith, 
has been given to us. The word says, for by, by grace you have been saved. Who's you? Who has received salvation and faith through Jesus? Righteousness. The only thing that's going to get us is if we are walking in his righteousness. Who gives us righteousness? Jesus Christ. Who gives us peace? Jesus. He said, peace I leave you. Not like the world leaves you. I'm giving you peace. Who gives you joy? Jesus. In fact, he even said, I have told you this. Who's he talking to? To who? I told you this so that your, my joy may be in you and, my, and your joy may be complete. In oneness, he brings you truth and God's word. He gives you glory and eternal life and in oneness with the Father. Oh, come on. He gives you the Holy Spirit. He gives you eternal life. He is your provider. I love this one. He shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glories in who? Who is alive. Hallelujah. Amen? So I just threw the scripture here because I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. Wow, there's so much that comes through Jesus. It doesn't make me haughty. It makes me humble. Because without him, I've got nothing. So 2 Corinthians 9 says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts. Can anybody say amen to that? All I know is this, and I'm going to ask the praise team to head their way up here just for a moment. All I know is this, that if Jesus had not risen from the dead, all I have to play in is death. Okay, is everybody hearing this just for a second? If Jesus has not risen from the dead, all I have to play in is death. But because I serve a risen Savior, and how many here can declare Jesus is alive? He's alive. He is alive. Because he's alive, I can run after the life. And who is that life? No man, no woman comes to the Father except through him. And here's the beautiful part. This is not let me beat you down. This is let me lift you up. Open your eyes and see me. Because I know where you're headed. Many think they know the road they're on is the, is the, the proper one, and it's only headed for destruction. He has shown us the way. He is alive. Is anybody thankful for that? I'm going to just ask you to stand. I'm just going to ask you to stand just for a moment. And, and let's just go ahead. Lord, we just want to thank you. I think you know this. He's alive. He's alive. Given. Heaven's gates are open wide. Oh, he's alive. He's alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. Oh, he's alive. Oh, no. He's alive. You know it? He's alive and I'm Oh, just a drop of sin. He's alive. 
Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. Let me read, church. He's alive. Oh, he's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's you to hear something. You are alive because you are forgiven. He looks at you totally different than everybody else looks at you. So Lord, I'm going to thank you right now that Father, just for a moment, every heart here just sees how it is that Jesus, you look at them. Yes, there is sin. Yes, sin has separated us. Yes, sin will send us straight to hell outside of you. But that's why you came. And not only do you want us to just say, oh, Jesus saved me from my sin, but you also want us to run to you that we might find the life among our living Savior. In Jesus' name. So we thank you as we celebrate today. You are alive. You are alive. You are alive. And because of that, we can be alive. In Jesus' name. We thank you and we praise you for you are good and greatly to be praised. And I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. Easter to all of you. Have a blessed day. To God be the glory. Go in the peace of the Lord.